Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new, you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation, this is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alice Living, best-selling author, personal trainer, and host of Give Me Strength, where we discuss the positives of living a stronger life physically and mentally with the hope to inspire you to do the same. Welcome to Give Me Strength. My guest today is Millie Pickles, who I have followed on Instagram for ages. I think she is absolutely incredible, and I met her for the first time at an event the other week, which really spurred me to get her as a guest on the podcast. Millie is a social media content creator, motivational speaker, and fitness and disability advocate. She shares her mental and physical journey online, including documenting her life as an amputee and how she coped with the trauma of losing her right leg below the knee following an accident. She also shares her amazing running journey, and we're going to talk about all of that and more today. Millie, I'm so excited to have you here. How are you doing? I'm amazing, thank you. What an intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's all you. It's all you. And it's so great to have you on the podcast. I wondered if we could start by going back and talking about your life prior to your accident, like who who you were, what you were doing. I know that you were at university when it happened. So I was at university, but I was on my placement year at Chelsea Football Club. So I did marketing at uni and I was a marketing executive at Chelsea. And I worked in fan engagement and it was two months exactly to the day that I had my accident after work. 
So definitely not what I expected from a placement year. But I loved uni. I was very sporty. I was on the lacrosse team at university. And I always could envision myself working for a company like Chelsea and becoming a manager. So when my accident happened, it completely changed my approach to life and what I wanted to do. So I think I'm very similar to who I was before, but I've just leveled up, I'd say. (laughs) I love that that was at Chelsea because me and my boyfriend are both big Chelsea fans. And I love that you've always been sporty, but you've kind of transitioned that into a different way. For those that might not have followed your journey um, online or haven't seen any of your content yet, could you just maybe explain a little bit as much as you're, you know, or as little as you're comfortable to talk about what happened with your accident? So my brain, I can't actually remember quite a lot of it. And people find that really hard to take because I don't really know what happened to me. I just know that I was electrocuted and people always try and guess and I literally have no idea. But the way that I've dealt with it is just accepting the fact that I don't know and I'm not meant to know. And I think your brain protects you from what happened. And if I don't know, then I just think that's a much better option. So I've just accepted the fact that I don't know. And I just felt like when my accident happened, it really taught me the value of life. And I was so grateful to be alive that I really just wanted to help people. And I never knew what it was that I could help people with. And I accidentally started influencing. I remember I uploaded a video just for a bit of fun of me taking my leg off for this flexibility challenge. And it got 1.7 million views. And I was like, what on earth? So I just continued on. And then before I knew it, I was helping other people that had gone through difficulties in life or if they're amputees. And I knew that I had my calling, but I knew very quickly that I didn't want to work at Chelsea anymore after my accident. And I knew that I wanted to help people, but I just didn't know what capacity. And I feel like what I do now found me rather than me searching for it. So even though I don't really know what happened to me, I just know that I got electrocuted and I had to lose my leg. I'm so glad that it happened because I feel feel like it helped me find my purpose in life. Yeah. And I think just going back to your point on social media, isn't it amazing how we can kind of stumble upon these upon these communities online? You know, if we think 10 years ago, if your accident happened then, like who would your kind of community be versus now, you know, the, the ability to be able to reach all of those people and how many people you're helping on a daily basis. I mean, it really is incredible. And I think that as much as I, I really believe that you have to, I guess, work at growing a community, I think for you, it just seems as though people are so naturally drawn towards you and your story. And I think it's it's just so nice to see that have progressed as someone who's followed yeah. you for a while, you know? It's funny you say that as well, because when I first lost my leg, I struggled to find anyone that I could relate to. And I was constantly searching and I, even my friends were doing it on my behalf. And I just couldn't find anyone. And I, all I wanted was to see somebody that was further along of where I was at that current moment. So to know that I am now that person for other people, brings me so much happiness and I'm just so glad and grateful that I do this as my job. Yeah, it's incredible. And when you had your accident, you spent almost three months in hospital, I was reading. And I can just only imagine how challenging that must have been. And I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about what really helped you through those dark times. You know, if there is someone listening who's gone through something similar in those early days, you know, what were the things that you really lent on that you felt helped you through those really, really challenging times? Yes. So the first thing is the support system. I had my family and friends come and see me every single day. And I was actually overwhelmed and surprised at how many families and friends don't do that for other people that were on my board. And that really helped me because it just, it, I had my family saying to me all the time, you know, 
you might look different and you might do things differently, but you'll still be able to do everything you did before. Just you'll do it differently. And just having the support around me really helped. And I know that some people don't necessarily have a good family or have that support, but whether it's a friend or a therapist, or because there's a lot of people within hospital that are there as well, like a pain team, and you do have a therapist when you're there, the nurses. So it's building that support system. And when my family went away at night, I had such a strong relationship with my nurses that they also felt like my family during that time. And after I left, I remember I cried because I didn't actually want to leave hospital because I, I built such a strong family within the hospital. So it's just having people around that you can trust and support. And also, obviously at the beginning, I was definitely sleeping because I was on so many drugs that <laughs> I, I just needed to sleep. But after a while, being bed bound for over eight weeks, that really started to drive me insane. And I hated it. I couldn't even move on my side. I could only stay on my back due to my injuries. And so I just tried to distract my brain. And I just started, <laughs> I read a lot of books. I started learning Spanish because my favorite nurse was Spanish. So she'd put posters up on the wall with Spanish words. So I'd just be doing that every day. And then I also, um, when I came out of hospital, I started learning to DJ and I was doing marketing courses because I just thought I have all this spare time. What can I do to make myself feel good? And I think that's really important because essentially our brains are problem solving devices, right? So no matter what question you give your brain, it'll find the answer. So not for one second did I ever think, oh no, why did this happen to me? I just thought, okay, what can I do that is going to make me feel happy? How is this helping me? And I remember the initial stage of me finding out I was losing my leg, all the surgeons came in and I just remember there were so many surgeons in the room and it was this small little room and they started saying, you know, we can try and save your leg. And I just remember interrupting him because it felt like he was talking forever. And I said to him, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but I know I need to lose my leg. I've seen it. It's in a bad way. And then he confirmed that he thought I was making the right decision. And as he left the room, I still can't believe this to this day that I reacted like this. But I turned to my parents and I had a few tears and I said, at least I can be in the Paralympics now. Because my brain instantly, I didn't think why me and think the negative questions. I thought, what can I do now that I couldn't do before? And I don't want to go to the Paralympics, but that's just something that I couldn't do before. So it's all about asking your brain the right questions in those early stages that are going to help you rather than harm you. And then also doing things that make you feel happy and to just live happier. <laughs> and I think it's so nice to hear about you connecting with your, like going inwards and connecting with your brain, connecting with that side of you. Because I think, you know, growing up, I think so many of us place such a heavy focus on our external appearance, how we look. And actually, it's so nice to hear that in in that moment, you know, rather than you being like, oh, God, you know, which I'm sure you I'm sure you had those moments. But I guess it's amazing in that time that you were able to actually go, well, I've still got all this other great stuff about me and, and it's of, it's who I am inside and my brain and all this stuff that's really pulling me through and really the most important part of me. And yes, I'm going to have changed and I'm going to look different and life is going to be different, but actually here's all the stuff that I can do that they haven't taken away from me. And I think that's, that's such an amazing outlook. Yeah, definitely. And just on that, when I first lost my leg, for a very short amount of time, I thought, oh no, am I really ugly now? Will people fancy me? But then to flip it so I could think positively and stop allowing that negative energy into my brain, I flipped it and I thought, what's the benefit of me having lost my leg in my physical appearance? And I thought, if nobody finds me attractive, 
then I don't want I don't want them in my life because if you're going to judge someone based on the way that you look alone, you are not worthy of being in my life. And then having that flip that script in my head, I just felt more empowered. And I think it's always about flipping the script, isn't it? We often, you know, need to do that in order to be able to see things in a different light and be able to move ourselves forwards. And I think that's that's incredible to hear that you were able to do that. And especially as you were so young as well, that's such a mature yeah. <laughs> way of thinking. I'm just like, wow, that's incredible. Um, you've talked a lot about being really passionate about sport. Uh, something you talk about a lot on your social channels. What was it like having to almost like redo that movement journey and really refine your passion for sport? I know that obviously I'm pretty sure you were keen to move after being in a hospital bed for that long. But how did you find yourself really building those steps towards, you know, uh, peak physical fitness where you are right now? And what was it like sort of getting back in the gym and getting back into doing all the things that you enjoyed? I have so much to say on this because my part has definitely not been linear. So before my accident, I've always done a lot of team-based sports. And then the night before my accident, I, it took me ages to pluck up the courage to join a gym because I was so petrified. And I joined and I went to this class. And then the very next day, <laughs> I lost my leg. And I thought, are you joking? I finally took, I got the courage to go. And then I lose my leg. But then two months after, I'd say after my accident coming out of hospital, I had to join the gym because if I wanted to be able to walk, I needed to be strong and I had to go to the gym. So at that point, it was so much harder for me because I was scared before and now I'm 10 times more scared and I'm in a wheelchair and I have no idea what I'm doing and people are looking at me. And I knew that I just had to face that and just go in and deal with it. And I remember I was searching up online so much about how to exercise as an amputee and there was nothing. So I really had to get a lot of PTs and people trying to help me to get to where I am today. And I think if I didn't push through, I definitely would not be where I am. But the gym was a lot harder for me because obviously I was scared before. Whereas with team-based sports, that's something I just really, I just really took it upon myself to do that as a challenge. And I actually really enjoyed joining Netball again, doing lacrosse again, because and same with running. When I started running, I saw it as a new adventure because I'd done it all before. Now I can learn it from a different perspective. And I, I just saw it as a challenge. And I think when you see it like that and you see it as something exciting, it motivates you to push yourself harder. And it is it is difficult for me, but I, just, I like a challenge and it makes it exciting. I definitely get that you like a challenge. I'm, I'm getting that <laughs> strong vibe to that. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to Give Me Strength. You talked a little bit about your relationship with your body and particularly from a dating perspective, you talked about how you had to flip the narrative on that. And I wonder if you could maybe talk a little bit more about how your relationship with your body has maybe changed and whether you've been on that kind of body confidence journey to where you find yourself now. When I came out of hospital, obviously I'd lost my leg. I was gaining a lot of weight because I couldn't move. And I want to forget being in the shower and just screaming and crying to my mum because literally half of my hair was in the shower and it was falling out because of trauma. So then 
I would look in the mirror and it was really weird for me because the person I had to see in the mirror was not the person that I recognized. And I eventually gained two stone and it was a long journey of me just gaining lots of weight because I got into a really bad eating habit. Because when I was in hospital, I lost a lot of weight because I couldn't move and I couldn't eat. And my surgeon said, you need to eat lots and lots. So I was having Starbucks here, <laughs> McDonald's there, and I just stayed in that habit. So it was hard for me to look in the mirror to see somebody that I did not recognize. But internally within my mind, I felt so much better and stronger. So it almost felt like my physical appearance, I couldn't recognize myself so that my confidence lowered just because I didn't know who I was. But my mental strength went up. And usually they say your body and mind align and your body usually clocks things before your mind does. But my mind has always been so strong and powerful and my body, you know, took a hit <laughs> in numerous ways. But I'm just so grateful that even though I looked different, I still felt like me and I was still happy and confident and I didn't let it affect me. And then it was after university that I started losing the weight because I picked up the gym because I felt more physically able uh, to get to where I am today. But it's definitely not been linear. It's one of those things as well. I think um, we're all on this like, you know, body confidence journey in, in, in different ways. And I think also you sort of have lots of peaks and troughs. It's not just like a kind of upwards trajectory. And I think, you know, for you, you said it's, it's not been linear. And I think it's really interesting to know that there are those moments for everyone that they have a high and then they have a low and then they have a high and they feel great. And then suddenly the next day they feel terrible. And it's just, it's kind of rolling with the punches with that, isn't it? Rather than kind of expecting us to just get better and better and better about how we feel about ourselves through life. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, now I go on the weighing scales and I don't like to look at the weight because I think it's irrelevant. But the way I am now, I look so different to how I did years ago when I was at the same weight because of body composition. So I really try to not let it affect me. And as long as I'm feeling good and I'm happy within myself, that's what matters more than anything. And I think losing my leg has definitely helped me have that approach much better because, I mean, I have three toes. I've got one foot. I've got scars all over my body. And it's just enabled me to accept myself and realize that who I am on the inside is what matters. Absolutely. And um, are there any things that have surprised you about your recovery that you learned about yourself that you maybe didn't think you know, you knew before, um, are you maybe more resilient than you first thought? I mean, I'm, you sound like you were a pretty resilient person anyway, but <laughs> have you, has anything surprised you at all? Two things. I'm shocked at how well I coped. I had no idea how strong I was. I, even to this day, I can't believe that all these, all these things I talk about, I very naturally adopted and I'm aware that that's not the case for everybody. And I'm not quite sure why. I think maybe it's my upbringing, my parents, my mom's really strong. So I think I was just shocked at how strong I was. And then the other thing, which is I've got so much more driven and I've always been really driven. This is the thing, but it's increased tenfold because I'm just so grateful to be alive. And I've really learned the value of life that I just want to make the most of every day and make my impact on the world. So it's made me really driven. So those two things, which I think are really positive outcomes, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, yeah the differences and you are such a huge inspiration to so many I think that absolutely you are the most driven resilient incredible <laughs> human and it's such a joy to follow you um, but I'd love to hear about anyone I mean you said um, earlier in the conversation that when you first sort of had your accident there wasn't really anyone that you could look to for advice or for inspiration in terms of them being further along but have you connected now with people that have really inspired you in different ways across your journey of of where you are now 
is there anyone that you really call upon for, you know, when you need that moment of, please just give me a bit of like inspirational motivation. I'm feeling a bit low. Who are those people for you? Do you know what? I don't actually have, in terms of amputees, inspirations where I go to, interestingly, although I like following a lot of amputees' journeys because that makes me happy. So there's loads of different amputees that I follow that are literally children or it's they're a lot older or they're Paralympians. And Hunter Woodall, I'd say out of all of them, is the one that inspires me the most because I just think what he's doing is so amazing. He's double Paralympian, double amputee and learning how he does things I find really interesting. And I've even connected, I walked into Tesco recently and I, <laughs> I saw an amputee and I was like, oh, amputees, because it just feels like you're part of the family. And we connected and he's taught me things on how to use my leg on leg extensions to be more productive. So it's really good now having that community and connecting with other people because they help teach me so much. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of us. <laughs> Amazing. And when it comes to, you know, a lot of what you share online is just about your kind of daily tips, what you're up to, how you stay positive and motivated. So I'd love to hear like your daily non-negotiables, daily or weekly non-negotiables that kind of help you feeling positive and motivated and really as you as you said in your own words driven to achieve my morning routine is so important to me I absolutely love waking up early because it just makes me feel like I'm achieving something in the day just by getting up early not making your bed <laughs> it's the best feeling ever and it, it, I love it when it's dark as well because I feel like I'm you know the only one in the world that's up that early and it just makes me feel like I want to be more productive but um yeah so early morning starts I love reading in the morning filling my brain with education knowledge affirmations I love affirmations so much and I know that people are a bit skeptical of them but for me I love saying them because they genuinely give energy into my body and make me feel good and I know that the more I say them the more my subconscious mind is listening and will develop over time and I do genuinely after a while start to believe it and then stretching and then going to the gym is so important to me because it just gives me that energy and I live alone as well. So I like going to the gym because it means I get to talk to people. <laughs> and that makes me happy. So they're definitely my non rules. <laughs> Are you that person at the gym who is like, morning, morning? <laughs> I literally, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. When I go with my boyfriend, he's like, how do you know so many people? So funny. But um, yeah, I just, I love making friends there. So it's good. And I think, you know, in terms of what it does for your, like, you know, to hearing about your non-negotiables, I think really similar to mine. And I think the morning thing, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because like, you know, if you're not a morning person, you're not a morning person and that's fine. But there is just something about, you know, having that intention of getting up and being like, right, I'm up, I'm ready to go. I'm going to start myself off on a good, on a good foot and kind of just be like, right, today is my day. I don't know. I think there's something about that process first thing in the morning that can really help set you up for a good day? Definitely, 100%. What I do find though is if, for example, I don't get up early because I've been really tired and I've just been kinder to myself, it's also being able to manage your happiness because if that brings you so much happiness in the morning when you do that, if you if that's out of kilter, you need to still be happy and find that, you know? So for me, I just can try and continue my day as normal and don't let it ruin my day just because I yeah. haven't done that routine. That's so really good important. to hear that. Definitely. And, and and on that point, I'd love to hear, you know, from your perspective, how you find that balance. You know, we know a lot now about overdoing things, about um, kind of getting too invested in your training, for example. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is exercise being a part of my toolkit for my mental well-being, but not the whole of my toolkit. Because actually then when you can't do it or you need a rest day, it's really hard to then kind of pull back from it. You have that feeling of kind of guilt or that you need to do it. 
How do you help yourself to find that balance? What does balance look like for you with everything? So for me, this has been a journey because I would say I've probably been burnt out about three times. And it's not good. I love being really productive and being 100% all in. So that's something that I've really had to learn to not be. So I really try and listen to my body because my mind could just go, go, go. So I really listen to my body and slow down. I also, because, because I love getting up early, if I go to bed too late, I used to always just get up early at like 5am anyway. So I try and get more seven, eight hours sleep. And if I'm not up as early as I'd like, then many go to bed sooner, <laughs> you know. So I just try and, as I go, try try and sort it out, essentially, and just listen to my body because that's how I know. And then also, if I want to get up earlier, I just make sure that 30 minutes, I go to bed 30 minutes earlier, I then get up 30 minutes earlier and just slowly work it back rather than just suddenly go, I'm in bed at 1am, get up at 5. Which is always a bit painful, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know that 5am alarm. (laughs) One other thing, we've talked a lot about the kind of physical stuff today, but I'd love to hear about how you manage your emotions now and your kind of uh, mental well-being outside of doing exercise and and the gym. Do you see a therapist still? Are you trying to do things apart from your affirmations? Is there anything else that you do for your mental health that you feel really benefits you? So I've had a few therapists. After my accident, I had three. And none of them really worked for me I think it's so important to find a therapist that works for you and then I got a therapist last year that was recommended through a friend and she was amazing and I don't have her anymore sadly I think with affirmations journaling morning routine everything like that it makes you feel happier for sure but that's just really surface level and I think to truly be happy you do need to go through the hard times and have therapy and I think it's so fashionable just to do affirmations and whatnot but the the work to make yourself better is it's really hard. And I'm so glad that I've done it because even now I think of things or if I'm making a decision, I think of something my therapist told me and it's just so helpful. And I think I have a loss of self-awareness and I wouldn't have had that if I didn't have therapy. So now my therapy, because I don't have, an, uh, because I don't have a therapist, is journaling. And I'm constantly asking myself questions, questioning why I feel a certain way because I don't want to believe every thought that goes to my mind because it's it, not everything's true. So I try and do it myself. Or if I'm struggling even more, I speak to a friend because I think it's important to say it loud because then it makes it tangible. So yeah. that's that's what I do now. And I think it's so good to hear you say about um, not going with the first therapist that you try and sort of th- thinking that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like I, I also had saw a number of therapists at one point and nobody was quite right. And it was only when I then, you know, tried a few and then found one that really, really worked for me that I was like, oh, this is what therapy is supposed to be. <laughs> you know, you sort of have that moment where you're like, oh, I get it now. And yeah. it's really good to hear you, you know, to hear you say that because I'm sure that was hard to in the depths of your post-accident to sort of see a therapist and then go, oh, my God, am I doing something wrong? You know, am I, like, is there something wrong with me that it's not working? But actually, like, it's amazing to hear you say that you went on that journey to really finding the right one. And when you do, the magic that can then happen. And the second yeah. thing is also hearing you say about really having to do the work. Because I think, uh, again, therapy is one of those trendy things right now to say you're doing you know, I'm therapy. And whilst it's an immensely privileged thing to do for those that have done it, you know, it can also be seen as a bit of a tick box exercise. You know, I've kind of done it and I've got the T-shirt and I move on, whereas it's so nice to hear someone like yourself to say like it's challenging and it's really confronting and it's hard work 
but you've come out the other side of that and like it just seems amazing the growth and the perspective that you now have and I think that's that's incredible to see definitely I think when you're going into therapy you need to accept that your day is probably going to be written off (laughs) because it would make me feel really moody and I just journal as much as I could to make myself feel better and it's hard but it's so worth it just gotta stick at it yeah definitely when it comes to books and podcasts and stuff I get the vibe that you're a book and a podcast person I'd love to hear what are your favorites what do you really feel helps you whether it's making you laugh or making you learn what are your favorites that you go to weirdly I don't listen to many podcasts I don't know why but I do love books and right now I'm reading a book called Lightworker and it's about how anybody can share their light in the world and different, there's different levels to it. And I'm really enjoying that at the moment because I feel like as I want to help people, it's helping me level up how I can help other people. So I just like a lot of self-development books. Although recently I've thought to myself, I should read more fiction because self-help is so involved and I'd like to read the books and then apply what I learn rather than just read it and forget about it. So I should really have some fiction books that I use to escape. I tend to do one on, one off. So I'll do like one fiction, one self-help because they're self-help books, they can be quite heavy sometimes. You sort of finish it and you're like, oh God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And on top of that, I like to write book reviews (laughs) because I'm really cool. So, and I put them on my website and it's just so I can really satisfy what I've learned because I could easily forget it otherwise. So it's a whole process and I even write notes in the books when I'm reading them. So it is very heavy. So that's mm. why I think. So have you got any recommendations for fiction? <laughs> I definitely have. I'll tell you them after, but I'm also going to go to your website after this and read your reviews that you've got on there. We'll put a link to your website in the show notes as well. Ah, oh, thank you. Final thing I wanted to touch on, which I'm just really, really happy for you about, is that you have, is it newish partner? New partner? <laughs> yes. Ah, so excited for you. <laughs> um, obviously, I don't want you to reveal too much, but just on that journey, you know, you, you said earlier, and I just loved what you said about really finding someone who respected you and loved you for you um was it worth the wait <laughs> that's all I want to know <laughs> he's gonna love listening to this um, <laughs> definitely I am very grateful for him I don't think with him he's just so accepting of me and it's not even a thing and I just feel so grateful for that because I do just feel love for me and I know it's hard because sometimes people think they can't be loved but there is someone out there and you will be able to find it and I'm just so happy that I have uh, and he's a he's a good egg. I'm very, very happy. <laughs> I am so happy for you. I'm absolutely made up for you. Um, right, Millie, this has just been so amazing. And I'm so, so grateful for your time. You are one of my favorite people to follow. And I definitely recommend anyone listening to go and check your Instagram, your TikTok, and the book reviews on your website out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really enjoyed Thanks, chatting. Millie. Really appreciate it. so much for listening I really hope you enjoyed that episode I would love it if you could take some time to rate review and follow the podcast as it really helps others to find it we have a new episode dropping each week so this will also ensure you don't miss out see you next time Insanity Group